0: G'day, everybody. It's time for another Saunders and Redder's NDCA SD podcast. Dan Saunders, a very good evening to you. Great man. Hi, Dave. How you going, mate? Good to be here. Good. Um, Dan's fresh off commentary with Lucas James Holmes in the Tom Locker Cup final on Sunday at the magnificent new number one sports ground. Dan, just before we go into SD stuff, how good's number one? Number one sports ground is in immaculate condition. Uh, the right.
1: outfield is lightning fast. The wickets, just a shiny road. Uh, and, w- and when, or well, Thursday night when I was in there, when the lights come on, wow. um, when, the, uh, when the summer bash is on and the what, suburban districts related, the Rebels, I believe what, every team's going to get an opportunity to play on a midweek fixture on Tuesday or Wednesday night in there during January.
0: Um, and that's going to be an experience for those players. It's going to be sensational. Coming from a town where they do play night cricket, I can tell you it's a lot of fun. And I think I'd rather play night cricket in Newcastle than playing night cricket in Orange in March, where it's about 10 degrees and the ball's like a piece of soap. But (laughs) they've done a superb job. The field is different in dimensions. The outfield is lightning and top shelf. It's a first-class outfield pitch. Nick Foster was saying, Dan, it did a bit early on. It did a bit on the conditions on Sunday. Remember, it was cloudy and very humid. But, no, they've done a great job. Great side screens and good call from you and Lucas Holmes as well. I managed to catch, it. Congratulations on an excellent call, sir. Well, thank you.
1: No, it was good fun. It's just a shame the weather, um, you know, come bucketing down there at that uh, in the lunch break in between the two innings. And it would have been a very exciting run chase by Wes, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, yeah, we literally got to watch some grass grow for a couple of hours. But that was what it was, and um,
0: yeah. Chasing 164 of 23 overs. They were none for 16 off one before they we came off. It could, have been a, it could have been a remarkable run, Chase. Suburban District's first grade on the weekend. Port Stephens, for the second week in a row, going berserk with about seven for 271 of 40. Almost eight and over at Cardiff number two. CNB's 150 all out. And I'll guarantee you that's a good, still a good deck down there at number two. Merriweather just keep on going. 217 off 39 overs. That'll be the only thing they're cranky about. And unfortunately for them, uh for them, Redhead all out 69. Warner's Bay in a great game of cricket in which David Absalom. Guided Warners Bay home. I know I'll give you a bit of stick on here, but let's talk pure cricket. David Absalom, 23 and I out of 35. We'll talk about that shortly. And a great game. The journey went eight for 166, uh, which Dan and I think is par for this competition uh, of 40 overs. And Warners Bay got him seven down and 32 overs. It wasn't the runway that was the problem. It was the wickets. At Hexham Park, the Mudrats had an important win. All out, 126. And then they skittle waterboard for 62 Bonus point, anyone? And then um, we'll have Adam Hardy on here shortly. The Rose Collars, 118 off, 36.1 overs. They'll be pissed off that they didn't bat their overs out. But Nelson Bay was skittled for 79 there at Easlington Oval. Dan, let's first of all go to the games as they are in order of play HQ. And Port Stevens have woken from their slumber. In the last two weeks, they've scored 530 runs or thereabouts. And another century from a Jay Moxie, but this time a different J Moxie. Yeah, look, the Pythons are getting into some
1: ominous form, batting first against Carter Polaroa. I managed to get over to this game with about 10 overs left in the Pythons' innings. So I got to see Jared Moxie uh, bring up his 100, and he was looking very savage. 119 from 102 deliveries, 13 boundaries and six sixes, and in a couple of lost balls, too, over the uh, mid boundary, a bit of a swamp there beyond the bowling club. Um Lee Williams got off to a fly of 35 from 25 balls, seven boundaries. Um, a third, a fourth wicket partnership of 140 between Jared and Josh Moxie really took that from a, a good start to a, to a great um, total there. Josh Moxie supporting 53 off 58 with five boundaries. Uh, they were just going to top. I think they were still four or five down with three overs to go and lost a few late wickets, just looking for every run they could get. Um, the bowlers you now they all copped some stick, but Sumit Realand, eight overs three for forty-seven. Pick of the bowlers, uh, Vikram Sharma two for fifty-two from six. Um, you know, realistically, you would not think two seven two is going to get run down, but Walls and Carter Fuller. I apologise. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's a faux pas. <laughs> old old habits. They f- were flying out of the blocks after ten overs. They were eighty odd, and um, they went from about. Two for eighty or three for three for eighty-eight. Sorry, to um eight for one hundred and ten. They lost five for about twenty, which they were just going hell for leather from ball one. Now, severe clouds did come over that way because like from that game I went out to Waters Bay, which are only five minutes from each other. So I guess they were trying to get to fifteen overs and have as many runs on the board to maybe and a Duckworth-Lewis win, which would have been amazing chasing 271. I'd have been interested to see what the pass score was. But that little period where they lost from 3 for 88 to 5 for 110, at, yeah, 5 for 22, and it was only in the space of about 15 minutes and the game was gone. They've done well to get to 150, all at the 33rd over. Uh, Jot Singh, 43 from 35, the main aggressor there at the top of the order with seven boundaries. And Viral Mehta was 23 not out from 58. So when the wheels fell off the innings, Viral has tried to stabilise, get them to bat as long as possible. Amit Pandit, we've mentioned his name a lot about being able to stick around that back half of the innings. He's batted at 10 on the weekend, scored 23 from 38. They put on 38 runs for the ninth wicket. Um, but yeah, in the end, 121 run victory to the Pythons. And they're really looking ominous, chasing that
0: uh, the top three on the ladder. And, Dan, because I have no life, I've just gone and brought up the Duckworth Lewis sheet for 271 run chase in 40 (laughs) overs. After 15 overs, if they were one or two down, it was 82, one down, and 95, two down. And, of course, it goes up from there. But at one for 82, the way they were going, they may have actually been a show if it had been kept to 15 overs. So I've got that Duckworth Lewis sheet in front of me. And for those of you that are... Uh, geeks like me and just like scoring, uh, that's the latest Duckworth or DLS 4.0, which I've got in front of me. So, yeah, it would have been one for 82 was par Mm. after 15. So, you know what? I reckon you're right on the money there. It could have been the go. Um, It's time to welcome our special guest this evening, Dan, and I'll I'll get him to unmute himself if he wouldn't mind. And it's a very warm welcome to the captain of um, the Rogue Scholars, Adam Hardy, Adam Good evening and welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey fellas, how are you going? Uh, really well, cool. thanks. Um, I hope I've that, right? yeah, yeah. We can hear you, mate. No problems. Adam, before we go and look at your game on the weekend, just give us a very brief spiel as to how the Rogue Scholars came into be and how you ended up playing these and just give us a bit of a run through as to how it's all evolved, please.
2: Uh yeah. Okay. So we um most of our guys came from district initially western suburbs about 10 years ago and uh we came across to the city and suburban and just uh played around in high b grade and then eventually in a grade um often against the adamstown rosebuds and then um yeah basically we're both in similar positions this year we're staring down the barrel of seven or eight and chasing three or four every week which isn't fun most people know that um so, yeah, Pat Considine reached out to me um, through some help with the NDCA, and, yeah, we ended up forming um, what we call the Rogue Scholar Rosebuds, but um, underneath Hamilton Wickham, who we were affiliated with last year. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, just all planets aligned, and we were able to move to Islington Park, which is great for us because uh, the Rogue Scholar pub itself in town. We used to play at Pat Jordan, um, so somewhere close to town is great for us. Um, yeah, little, little match made in heaven. I guess it all worked out well. Excellent. Thank you for that. And it sounds as though Islington
0: had a bit of life in the end of the weekend. The Rose Colors batting first off 36.1 overs, all out 118. Important mm. late runs for the skipper, of 15 off 28 for the skip, 42 Jason France. Wickets shared around between Simon Plummer, Carl Baker, Tom Marshall and Hamish Bartlett all taking twofers. But then, Adam, a very good performance with the ball, knocking over Nelson, made for 79 off 22 overs, with the skipper A. Hardy starring three for 21 and Dean Tronovsky three for 18. Um, first of all, Adam, was there a bit of life in the deck or
2: was the bowling just too good on the day? Uh, look, to be honest, the wicket was very dead and um, P- Bathman just didn't play straight, if I'm honest. It, uh, it didn't Fair get up enough. at all, all a lot. Um, there was there was a bit but um, it, I think it was just uh, some overuberance for some batters playing across the line there was a lot of wickets trying to slog across the line um, and a um, bit, bit of swing in the air I guess with the ball as well but um, yeah it was it was a good game it was a top yeah, like I felt like it was a toss to win um, it was hot um, and luckily I did win the toss and uh, we got out there thanks to Jace he he basically, plugged the whole innings, got 42, and a few people batted around him, got a couple of double-figure scores, and we scratched our way to 119 and then um, defended it well. Dean, Dean bowled unbelievably. So um, really, we just all worked around Dean in the bowling innings.
0: And you, yourself, through, three wickets there opening the bowling, you'd be quite pleased to take three for 21. Uh, that's a very good performance all round, and a good solid win despite defending not very
2: many yeah 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 we've got a we've got a good team it's been um it's a good match between the two sides um it's sort of we've had a few in and out each week but um we've basically got a solid I think we've got 19 players and each week we've really had about 15 or 16 eligible so there's a few guys sitting out every week and um the bowling attack's really good with Dean and Tommy leading the way and I'll chime in sometimes and um Paddy Considine and and Elliot, and yeah, it's we've got a we've got a long lineup some weeks, both in batting and bowling. Now, are Pat on and Top
0: Judinic available this Saturday?
2: Yeah, yeah, they are. They are playing this Saturday. Um, Tommy was out on the weekend, but um, yeah, Pat, we'll have a, we'll have a strong bowling lineup this week.
0: And realistically, um, I can uh, realistically you. You'd be targeting a top four spot to, to get a to get that double chance at him. I, I don't think that's anything out of the question whatsoever for you, given the
2: depth of talent that you've got in this particular squad. Yeah, that'd be the aim. Um, it always rains in March, so you um, want well, to give yourself half a chance.
0: Well, yeah. Tell me about it. Uh, the, the Sunday at the grand final last year was a long day. I'm telling you, a long, long, long day. But it does. it always. That's exactly right in Newcastle. It always rains in March. Mm. Um, I tell you what, um, Merriweather are going along all right. Dan Adam, 217-69 to 69 over Redhead. That's a, a, a fantastic quotient gaining for Merriweather. They just keep on tracking, fellas. They're playing good cricket at the moment, aren't they, both of you? Yeah,
2: they were good. they a hard team to beat. We um we tried we gave it a good shake in the second innings a week before but yeah they were just too good. Dan um
0: uh, just a comprehensive performance from the Lions here.
1: Yeah, look, weather again maintained that undefeated start to the season. They had um I believe six of their I guess first choice batsmen unavailable on the weekend too. Uh, Ray Rutten actually played as the team manager. Um, you know, compiled a nice 18 at the end of the innings there too, but um. Again, they always find a way. They got the 39 overs, but if you have a look, um, some late runs there again. Adam Britt uh, batting at eight with 33 not out. The top of the order, Timothy Cameron, 51 with seven boundaries. He was the backbone of the innings. He, he, he was there at drinks. So I was there for the first 20 overs of that game. I thought it was a bit of a game slide on the weekend. I went around and did the
0: rounds. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say that on a G rated podcast, sort of. It's very good. No, I'm most impressed. And I just yeah. quietly, Zach Sandbridge coming back. Uh, we'll talk about him in a moment with the ball, but uh, he also got late important runs. And as as the Rose Scholars just showed, um, they, the Rose Scholars won 118 to 79. Adam and a couple of his mates at the bottom of that order don't scrape away those runs. Nelson May's right in that game. So those late runs from Adam Britton, Zach Stanbridge, 55 between the two of them, batting at eight and nine were pivotal in this game. 48-run partnership for the eighth wicket. And again, Mary you just
1: can't ever count them out. Even their top order can collapse. The middle order find a way. The middle order collapse. The, the late order find a way. Zach Stambridge here with 22. Um, Redhead only had 10 players. And yep. a number of those players, again, they're, they're really struggling for, I guess, Division One caliber players. Their Division Five team, as I mentioned last week, folded about three weeks ago. And yep. There's four or five of that team who are playing in Division One. Um, but a lot lightning fast outfield once again they did really well to, to bowl um, they were four for 100 at drinks four for 100 off 20 so they did well for that really not to blow out much more um, yep. but again the, the depth's just not there just the bowling Chris Mitchell actually took the keeping gloves for the first half so he's bowled eight overs after drinks took three for 45 um, young Hayden Burrows it's Kyle Kyber, uh, Oh, Burrow's young bloke, he's only about 16, I believe, 17. Two for 40 or seven overs. Um, a good effort bowling against some quality cricketers there. Um, James Pride, a name we've mentioned a lot this year, 21 as well. Uh, Redheads batting. Mark Curry at the top of the order, not the Mark Curry, but another the Mark No, Curry.
0: I've, I've I've made that mistake <laughs> last week, you Pelican. So don't get me on that one. The, the, Mark Curry the second, thank you very much. And interesting, Zach Stanbridge would have been too quick for a couple of these guys. I'm telling you, he's rapid. He lets them go. He's a left arm quick. We had him in Newcastle Colts last year. Eight overs two for 15. But Jason Pratt four for 25 off seven. Sando, Uh, and again, we'll go, we'll look at the latter shortly. That's just a convincing performance by Merritt. And look. Credit to Redhead, they're struggling. Um, they might cop a couple of beatings, but they're still putting that aside in every week, and that's all we can ask at this stage. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the Evergreen, Jason, Pratt, and
1: Forfa, they're all clean bowled as well, so he would have had the ball moving around. Zach Stanbridge, I'd say, is bowled in a couple of spells. He's two wickets. He's, he's got uh, nine and ten there in the tail. But, yeah, look, all out for 69 and 23 overs. That's that's just not good enough in this Division One competition. But Redhead, they're, they're doing their best, and... Um, yeah, if they can get 11 on the park and, and a couple of their division one players back on the field as well, they'll at Loyal Oval, especially because they can score big runs. It's it's just mm. whether they can whether they can defend them.
0: Onto the what ended up being the game of the round. This is a cracking game of cricket. West Journeyman, this is at Fayon. West Journeyman uh, eight for 166 of 40 with Brendan Patterson superb, 66 of 72 opening the batting. Uh, a few other chip-ins down the order and two-fers to Matt Riding and Toby Cable. For once, uh, Steve Grimshaw didn't take a wicket, which is a bit unusual this season. And then, for once, Warners Bay put under enormous pressure. No one made more than 35. Grant at top of the order, 35. A whole stack of double figures, and we get down to our man, David Absalom, who, in combination with Steve Grimshaw and Simon Smith, saw Warners Bay home. David Absalom, 23 off 35, Normally, that's that's pretty average batting, but he got them home. Two boundaries for David Absalom, 23-not, Simon Smith, 16. And the last two ended up putting on uh, 39. Uh, so they've done a superb job. David Absalom take a bow. That's a very good performance under enormous pressure. Um, Alex Scott, three for 22 off eight. Great figures and Jed Gaston two for 17. What a game of cricket this was! And our man D Absom gets him home. He'd be very, he would have been hard to stop on Saturday night. I reckon, Dan Saunders.
1: Um, I actually spoke to him on the phone about 10 o'clock Saturday night and he was coherent, which absolutely stunned me considering the, the game he had. Um, but look, that that game it was really a tale of, of two. Really, Brendan Patterson just smashed them all over the park before drinks. Um, he was on fire, he was going it better than a runner ball for a good chunk of his innings. Uh, that's sixty-six from seventy-two, eight fours, and one six. Look, one sixty-six is a good total on Fayan. Um But again, that's another ground that it's outfield. It's just it's just getting faster, and and just it's fair to say par there might even be one eighty
0: as, as oh, uh, looked at, have, actually having seen that outfield with you, Dan and Adam as well. One hundred and eighty is par. I reckon 160 for once in suburban districts is unders. I reckon there'll be sides targeting 200 every week at that ground just by playing normal cricket shots because if you play normal cricket shots, they you play a normal drive, it's four. Once it's past the infield, forget about it. Yeah, that that's right. Uh, the journeyman down on trips, I
1: mean, Paul Gouch was there with so 19 from 16, but no Chris Divert, uh, no Malcolm Angus. Um, I don't believe Dave Sullivan was there. Like, guys are the backbone of that journeyman team for a number of years. 166, you're always in with a shot. Now, Warners Bay, they were flying. They were going well at two for 94. Uh, two for 94 was um, in about 17th over. And it was just another another tale of Warners Bay just cruising along their undefeated way. Uh, before drinks, they lost uh, Byron Jensen and Kane Bradley, the two guys who come back from Waratah District after leaving Warners Bay previous. Um, and again, very delicate four for 99 at drinks that, that, wicket of Bradley fell in the last ball of the drinks break. Uh, that was the final game I was at. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, they lost quick wickets, three wickets tumbled quickly after drinks and the depth of Warner's base batting. It, it was uh, evident there with Grimshaw and Smith and two of their opening bowlers also hold the bat. And um, yeah, Absalom was the backbone and, and he just played the gaps and rotated the strike. And yeah, um, Yeah, didn't succumb to the pressure because, uh, yeah, Alex Scott with his three wickets bowling spin, very handy young cricketer, um, part of the West Club. But um, Warners Bay, they've they've shown um, some strength with batting first and and really putting totals on. They proved on the weekend they've got some metal. They've got a bit of fight in them as well. When the going gets tough, they can grit
0: out a win as well. Adam, if you wouldn't mind coming back in and joining us, that's a superb game of cricket, and just some composure at the death got them home, didn't it? Looking at those scores, although they scored their runs quickly, they, for once, Warners Bay were put under serious pressure. Adam,
2: yeah, yeah, I'm just looking at the scorecard now. Um, I think you guys summed it up. I'm looking forward to playing there. We're, we're a few weeks away from playing out there. I think um tends a bit different. It's uh, still uh, it's been scarified and it's still a bit bumpy. It's hard to hit, it, hit a boundary out there. I oh. um, played in a Masters game two weeks ago for Hamwicks, and I think there was two boundaries in the whole match in the 2020. So it's, um, unless you're hitting it over the fence, it's um, Islington Park's the polar opposite at the moment. Yeah, she, she's a big ground.
0: There's a lot, lot mm. of running getting done there,
2: yeah.
0: Mm. Our final game for review was played at Hexham Park. Mary Ellen, Cameron Roxby take a bow. Out of 126 all-out, Roxby opening in the innings. We know that his quality 44. I do want to make a point of some of these bowling figures. Three for 30, Kyle O'Rourke. Two for 26, James Earl. But um, Dan Saunders has been mentioning for the last month that Mitchell Cronet's the sharpest bloke in suburban districts. Now, if Jack Anbridge says, I've got a very good feeling that he's the sharpest Cronut. Mitchell Cronet, ladies and gentlemen, out over his four maidens, inclusive of a wide, one for eight, unbelievable figures. And to be quite honest, it looks like Cameron Roxby and the team have decided they're not going to let Cronut take multiple wickets and it decided to copy his run rate and score off other bikes. That's what it looks like, gentlemen, to me. Eight overs, one for eight, unbelievable figures. Um, but Mary Ellen, Dan and Adam did manage to go almost all the way and got a total um, on the board. It was uh, 126 sounds like it was a reasonable score, gentlemen.
1: Uh, Yeah, look, um, the mudrats they were due for a win. I mean, being zero and four after five rounds, obviously that first round washout, um, they would have targeted this game as as a must win, I'd imagine. And Hexham Park, it's still a bit of a lucky dip, only the second game of the season to be played on there. Um, You can see most of the batters struggled to score. Brendan Frost, uh, former district cricketer, 17, young Jordan, Salembus, 18. But Cameron Rocksby, the only one that really bothered the scorers in 44, and it would have took someone of his ability, I guess, yes. to grind out an in innings on the wicket up in Hexham Park. Um, batter 38 overs, so it was slow going, 126 and 38 overs. Um, but again, you're right, um, and that's probably not a bad tactic. You see off eight overs of Cronin, you've still got 32 overs where you can look to attack or rotate the strike. Um yeah, looking at some of the waterboard bowling, as you said, Kyle Rourke, he took five for last week, backed that up with three for 30. So he's in some uh, form with the ball. And the waterboard, again, uh, not too much to write home about, all that for 62. From the reports I've heard, they just they put him with the ball on the batting, it just didn't happen from the day. And you have days like that. Um, they've, they've had some players out. Looks like uh, Michael Ripon may have been unavailable. Um, Mitch Cronin dismissed cheaply and James Earl for 16 as well, sort of two of their big run scorers, getting them cheap. Um, Yeah, Mitchell Barry taking wickets there, three for 18 from five and a half, and a couple of wickets each to Josh Bennett, Brendan Frost, and Cameron Roxby. But that's a good win for the Mary Ellen Mudrats. That'll certainly instill some confidence in
0: them after, yeah, a start of the season no one would have predicted. Absolutely. Gentlemen, both of you, I'll get you to come in here. Here is the ladder from 10 to 1 in order. Now, the ladder that's on uh, PlayHQ is correct with correct quotients, as verified by our resident legend, Dan Saunders. In oh. 10th is Nelson Bay on 9. In, in ninth the Mudrats also on 9. So in the 8th, Redhead, miraculously on 10 points. Then the Journeyman and the Waterboard, both on 10. CNB's are 12. And then in the top four, which we spoke about with Adam a minute ago, and I'm going to get Adam's opinions on this. Port Stevens have come from the dead. They were right down the bottom of the ladder. And in two weeks, they've upped their quotient and got their got going. They're fourth on 12. The Rose Scholars, Adam Hardy's Rose Scholars on 14. And then the top two teams, Warner's Bay in second on quotient of 2.135. And the Mary Ellen, I'm sorry, the Merriweather Lions on 17 with a quotient of 2.344. Um, Adam. Um, with a few weeks to go until Christmas, it's a nice position to be in sitting in third with a healthy quotient of 1.198. You'd be looking forward to consolidating that, consolidating that, letting into the Christmas break, and um, securing and consolidating that top four spot out.
2: Yeah, for sure. For sure, we've got the waterboard this week, so that'll be a challenge. we always had some good games with those guys over the years, and then, uh, yeah, see how we go in the last couple up to Christmas. Um, I think we've avoided we didn't play Port Stephens I think that was one of our washouts maybe even Warner's Bay as well I can't can't recall right now but um yeah Merryweather were, were definitely quality and um well every side we've played has been been quality to be honest but um yeah it's
0: going to be a tough comp Absolutely it is and and Sondo, Merryweather Warner's Bay a game clear of everybody else very important in the middle of November Yeah, very much so.
1: Look, they've been, um, you know,
0: I guess the two standout
1: teams. They're both undefeated. And When we look at this weekend's draw, (laughs) (laughs) um, I think it's fair to say the match of the round, Merriweather v. Warners Bay at Connolly Park. And um, a lot of the other fixtures. I know we'll go through them a a bit shortly, but um, the competition later could again look look very differently this time next week. That's obvious, I know, with results, but um, it's,
0: all five of these games you can't confidently predict and we go straight to it so we'll go here we go this is possibly the game of the season the Mary Mary with the Lions against Warners Bay that is at Connolly Park Nelson Bay hosting CNBs that's at Don Waring Oval in the Bay West Waterboard hosting the the Pythons that's at Hexham Adam Hardy's Rogue Scholars hosting the West Journeyman at Islington and then Redhead hosting the Mud Rats down there at Lyles. Let's go from the bottom up. Redhead and Mary Ellen, that'll be an interesting game between two sides, really much down the bottom of the ladder. All I can say is I just hope that Redhead can get, muster aside side together. The weather, we've been very lucky. And while I've got you both here, I'm sure you join with me. The footage that we have seen from Western and Southern New South Wales and Northwestern New South Wales has been shocking. Um, as, you, as Dan would know, I'm from the Orange District and all of those places that are down mountain from orange places like Yigara and, and other like that have just been swamped. It's been quite terrible to look at. The Hay Plains underwater, Gunnedah's in all sorts of trouble. We've got to go to representative cricket tomorrow in Tamworth and our, our grounds have been moved because some of the grounds that we were supposed to play on were under a foot of water on Monday. But I'm yeah. sure you join with me both and just wishing everybody all the best, particularly the footage from Yigara and Forbes has been extremely distressing
1: yeah no, it's that's tragic to see and you know you you send all your best wishes and all that you just hope that people are first safe and secondly that hopefully they haven't lost you know too much of their personal belongings but um yeah just hope everyone out there is as well as possible and
0: you know communities will they'll, they'll stick together they'll work together to to get through it the country champs next week are actually scheduled to be in orange next friday saturday and sunday the southern pool so I just hope people can actually get there from riverina western uh the central coast and act the rose scholars adam and uh, Sondo, host the west journeyman this game's at islington oval uh, should be a crack of a game and important for the rose scholars to continue their good form of the games they've played their three and four um adam at pretty much close to full strength of the scholars this week
2: yeah, we've got a. We are. We've got um, Jeremy Baxter, who's one of our main bats. He's getting married on Sunday, so so he's missing out. Um, just having a little quick look now. Um, but yeah, we are pretty much full strength. Uh, we've had we had a few batters out on the weekend. Corey Bruce, who's been leading the way, and and Pat, and they're both back this week. And Tommy Trudanik with to bowl. So yeah, we're looking as strong as pretty pretty much ninety percent. I reckon.
0: And I, I would favour them, Dan. Uh, it's a, a bit hard to ask Adam, but with those plays, here, particularly Considine and Trudinic, I, I think the Rogue Scholars are pretty firm favourites to win there. Yeah, look,
1: and, and again, not just because Adam's online
0: with us tonight, but um, I
1: mean, I've I've always spoken very highly of, of that three when they were with Rosebuds, Trudinic, Traginovsky, and Considine with Adam as well, Elliot McLeod as well. That there's forty quality overs there in their bowling. What I've seen of the journeyman, they're, they're not as strong as they once were. Their their batting doesn't have the depth um, of a traditional journeyman team. Now, unless that changes on the weekend, um, yeah, I, I think the Rogue Skulls will certainly go into that game favourites. Interesting note, too, that Islington Oval was the journeyman's home ground for a number of years through um, the CNS. So they won't be daunted by the big outfield and, and the running between the wickets that's required because... Uh, They've got plenty of experience playing on that field as well. But yeah, look, um, yeah, Rogue's goals for me in that one.
0: I'm also tipping Port Stevens who are in a great vein of form. Hexham could be the anomaly here. Uh, scores haven't been that big. It'd be fascinating to see how the high-scoring Pythons go here, but I'm certainly favouring them against the waterboard gentlemen at Hexham. Your thoughts, gents?
2: Adam. Adam. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I haven't played at Hexham yet. Um, doesn't sound like we would look forward to it at the moment but, uh, <laughs> um yeah I mean Fort Stevens have a lot of quality in their team so I guess I'd tip them either way no matter what ground
1: yeah I think I think the, I think the pythons will be too strong that, that's of course a rematch from last year's uh semi-final uh it was played up at King Park uh, the waterboard put on a good performance they don't put on 140 batting first um sorry um yeah that's right and uh, Lee Williams Blew them off the park in the run yes, chase, but did. the py pyth- the pythons for mine again. The wicket at Hexham Park, though, waterboard will, uh you know, have an idea how to bowl on that wicket, and if it is, um, yeah, you know, and again, it's not so much the wicket up there; it's the outfield again too. And I know Adam said before about Islington; it's, you know, I think they're very similar, just how the how the grounds are, and if they're not even surfaces, a bit bumpy, um you know, boundaries may not be as forthcoming, which will bring Waterboard back into the game because the Pythons are big boundary hitters. They go up a lot in fours and sixes. Um, so if their batting strength can be nullified, sure, they've got plenty of bowling, but, um, yeah, that'll give Waterboard confidence, I think, especially
0: if Waterboard can, can bat first and get a total. But, yeah, Pythons for me in that one. Nelson, Bay hosting CNVs up there at Don Waring. Both of these sides don't mind giving it a bit of tap. It could be a, high, a very high run rate game. Um, look, uh, Nelson Bay have been okay, um, depended upon a couple, um, I note that Hamish Butler, who's their jet mate copped the first ball on the weekend um, I think Carter for slight favourites, although this is at Don Waring this game could be a very interesting game as well, and as I said, could be very very high run rates, gentlemen, when in this particular game, um, on Saturday at Don Waring Oval Yeah, look, Red, as I'm taking
1: Nelson Bay okay. I um I spoke with Simon Plummer last night on, on the sports show and um, he said he's pretty confident they're going to be at full strength on Saturday. So if that means they've got Hamish Bartlett, Shane Fog, Doug Rollins, Matty Palmer. Um, I don't want to leave anyone out. Um, Bryce Causley, so big, big run scorer. Those five players are all playing, uh, especially if they bat first seed. They, they've only played three games this year. They've lost a the toss. They've fielded every time. So they've had to chase runs. And because they haven't had the depth in their batting, they haven't had someone there to really be a backbone and and the bat around. Um, I'm going to guess, you know, you can't lose four tosses in a row, surely. So I'm backing them to win the toss and bat. I'm typically going to put a total on. Now, Carter Polaroa again; they've had a couple of wins this year, but what I did see of them against the Pythons, now the Pythons did put a mammoth total on, but um, they really did, I mean, if, if you'd go by body lane, they really lost interest. For that last five or seven overs, which I found for Division One, don't normally see that. Normally, teams are still in, in the fight. It was as though the game was sort of over before they would batted. So, having, having had that uh, experience, I'm, I'm taking Nelson. But I think Nelson will get their first win of the season on Saturday up there at Don Waring.
0: And then, gentlemen, the match of the season so far undefeated leaders. One of these two will be on 20 points, assuming we don't get another, we don't get hail or rain or whatever else we're going to, Huey decides to throw at us. Warners Bay and Merriwether, well, this game's at Connolly Park. What a game of cricket this, but this could be, this genuinely could be a, a, a semi final preview. I'm not going to go to a grand final. I think there's a lot of other teams, including Adams Mob and the Pythons, that might have something to say. But this could be a semi-final preview, gentlemen. What a game of cricket! Um, I'm only going to pick Marywood bec- only because it's at Connolly. If it was Fane, I'd probably pick Warner's Bay, gents. Both of you, your thoughts. This should be a fa- fabulous
2: game of cricket.
0: Adam, yeah, first.
2: Yeah, I guess I can only. I haven't seen Warner's Bay for a few years, so it's um, hard for me to um, yes. comment on how how well they're going. But I can only only see how well they're doing on the table, so. Um, And, yeah, Meriwether were great. Um, Tom Lavender, one of our former players, plays there as well. He's a really good bat, but I think he might have um, left for uh, Wagga. He's in the Air Force. But, um, yeah, so I'm just going to tip Meriwether based on the fact that um, I played against them two weeks ago and saw their quality. And, yeah, that's about all I can offer on that one. Yeah, yeah,
1: look, it's great going To be a cracking game, I'm filthy, I can't get there Saturday. Um, yeah, look, I, I think a lot of it's just going to depend on the, the, the players available for both teams. I know, um, you know, if, if they've got one or two key players unavailable for whatever reason, it really puts a different context on the game. I, I find the difference with Merriweather, they're so much depth and they do have the uh, the district club to call on too. Uh, I know it is week two of a two day fix yourself. there's anyone unavailable, like, like for instance, Zach Stambridge, if he's available, he's going to be very handy um, against Warners Bay's batting. But in saying that, Warners Bay have given me no reason to doubt them. They've shown they can score big runs. They've shown yeah. they can get in the fight. Honestly, uh, it's for where they're at this part of the season, it's only seven rounds in. And of course, like, round one washed out. So really, both teams have played five games. It's 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 too hard to pick. I have got to sit on the fence list solely because I I honestly don't know
0: who's going to win that game. Okay, no problem. So, uh, which, your which fence, you're, you're, you're a fence sitting Muppet, but I'll let you be that. You're entitled. I'll let you do that. <laughs> yeah, Adam, <it's> just <laughs> that that's fine. That genuinely it's a it's a hard game to pick. Adam, look, we'd like to thank you very much for joining us tonight. Um, Adam, would, are there any sponsors or anyone, anything happening at the Rogue Scholars you'd like to mention before we go, before we mention our own sponsor in a little while? But we, first of all, again, thank you so much for your time. Did you want to
2: mention any big supporters of the Rogue Scholars? Now's your opportunity, my friend. <laughs> no, nah, it's all good. Um, yeah, look, we're, we're duly sponsored, I guess, by obviously the Rogue Scholar um, here. And we um, still – we have the sponsorship that's carried over from Adamstown Rosebuds from the Commonwealth Hotel. So we're literally, a, I don't know, 50, 100-meter walk from each other. So it's a that's another match yeah. made in heaven that we've got the world's <laughs> shortest pub crawl between our two sponsors. So um, and I think the boys are listening in probably right now having a chicken sneedy or something up at the commo. So um, I'll just mention those two places. And, uh, yeah, appreciate Being on here, thanks for the chat, guys. Oh, look, thank uh, you thank so you, much.
0: Adam. Yeah, yeah. look, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. The Como is a great place. There are a lot worse clubs in the world than the Como. I'm telling you. I actually haven't been to the Rose Scholar, but I have uh, enjoyed go, gone there many times after football uh, to the Combo. So, Adam, again, thank you so much for your time. Uh, it, enjoy the rest of the season. I hope we can actually – can we give you an open invite to come and join us again later on in the year? We'd love to have uh, pick your brains, especially as the Rose Scholars push on to the water finals. Again, on behalf of both of us, thank you so much for your time, Adam. Cheers, mate. Thanks Dan. thanks, Dan. Thanks, thanks, Adam. Good meeting. Cheers, go. mate. Dan Saunders, our major sponsor is Craven Co Coffee Shop in Charlestown. Let's go through your performances of the round with your ultimate performance of the round, please. Okay. Well, um, I'll start at Division One.
1: Now, I don't have as many this week. Um, I know, last week, it was a bit of war and peace that we had to get through. Um, but obviously, Jared Moxey's performance was outstanding in Division 1. 119 off 102 balls, 13 fours and five sixes. And uh, he was in a coin toss with uh, the eventual performance of the round. So, well done to Jared. Um, a great effort. Good to see him in, in some serious form. In Division 2, Kane Goodchild from West Walls End, uh, Workies Cricket Club, 89 not out. Um, in their victory over the Glendale Old Boys, the local derby out there at Westie on the weekend. Um, Aaron, da- Aaron Darcy from Maryland Fletcher took what I could find as the only five of the weekend and div mm-hmm. two seven eight seven one made and five for 19. So, well-bowled Aaron Darcy. And Luke Bradley from Warners Bay <coughs> uh, playing against Redhead. They chased down 178 at Lyle Oval, a high-scoring game. A uh, you know, five down for 180 in the run chase. Luke Bradley... 83 not out with nine boundaries. Uh, division three, another division three. Sorry, another century maker, Jared Toohey from the Maryland Fletcher Cricket Club. Now he came up from on oh, the Div Four, of their Div Five team, so he stepped yep. up to help the club out. 106, seven fours and eleven bombs. Gracious me! Dawson oh. Walls in high mass here. 94 of his 106 in boundaries. Thank you very much. Correct. Well batted, Jared uh, Toohey. Uh, Division four, nothing. Division five, Jason Snapper Smith from Stockton, who you'd know very well. Snapper, I think the, the Snap Dog, the great man. Snapdog, ninety eight against Waratah Mayfield District at Griffith Park on the
0: weekend, and I spoke to him, and he didn't know. I said, Snapper, talk me through making ninety eight and getting caught, and he said, Redders, I didn't know, so they didn't tell him he was on ninety eight. <laughs> well. <laughs> And I bet they
1: enjoyed telling him he was 98 when he was whopping off. Uh-huh. <laughs> I see Maddie Sinkley got a 40 or 50 in that game, too. He was always a pleasure to watch. Uh, he can Ray still Dose. play,
0: just don't worry about that. He can still play. Uh,
1: there, there's a guy that the Rebels could uh, certainly use in a summer bash, just quietly. I'll have Absolutely. a word with Tucker.
2: There you go.
1: Uh, now, the performance of the round, the Craven Cave performance of the week goes to Division Six. Now, i get you to go to Division Six, Dave, just so you can uh view what we're about to talk about here. Uh, very rarely does a performance like this happen from the losing team of a game.
0: Yep.
1: Yeah, just bear with me while I go to Division Six, just so I don't get this uh wrong. But this fixture was at uh where are we? Was it Tom Tomaree, up there yeah. at lovely Nelson Bay.
0: God's country. Now
1: Warner's Bay have played. Uh, the host Nelson Bay Makos in Division Six. Warner's Bay have batted first. And in their 35 overs, they've scored a whopping five to 289. Alex Roberts opening a batting 106. Another century maker out of Warner's Bay with 18 boundaries. But our Craven Co. performance of the round goes with gentlemen from Nelson Bay. Dave Connors, he's their captain. He scored 119. 11 fours, 10 sixes, 104 of his 119 in boundaries. Now, Dave Connors, his 30th year with Nelson Bay, and is at the sprightly young age of 57. I've been reliably informed by the Nelson Bay Cricket Club. Dave Connors, with his 119 in Division Six, in a total of all that for 205 in. 25
0: 25 overs, overs, if you don't mind. Repeat that, ladies and gents. All out 205, chasing 290 in 25 overs. What a game of cricket that was. And Dave Connors, did you say he's 58 or 57? 57 years of age. Just scored
1: 119, 11 fours, 10 sixes. And there's Uh, your Craven Code
0: performance. Unbelievable.
1: Uh, yeah, look, we, we, we try to share the Craven Co Award around based on the best performances and throughout all the grades, but uh, and I'll tell you, Jared Moxley will be the first one to say congratulations to Dave Connors, 119 apiece, uh, but that performance is, uh, this week's Craven Co Performance of the Round, I'll make sure I get in touch with Dave or the Nelson Bay Cricket Club, Dave has uh, won himself a $20 voucher at Craven Co Charlestown, uh, not sure how often he gets down to the Charlestown area from Nelson Bay, but when he does, you'll have 20 bucks worth of some of the best coffees, egg and bacon rolls, if you're in your smash dabble, those sorts of things. That's all there. Monday to Friday, 7 a.m. till 2 p.m., Craven Co. Charlestown, here and in the team there. They run a fantastic little business there. Uh, well done, Dave Connors. That's that's a huge effort.
0: It is indeed. Uh, Dan, well, next week we'll talk about the next John Ball short show round. We'll defer that till next week with um, with the Rebels playing uh, Maitland that will confirm venues and all the arrangements there, but we'll talk about that next week. Dan, thank you so much for your time. Adam Hardy as well. It's been great talking with you. Dan, was there anything else before we bid our nieces adieu for tonight? No, look, I'm all good. Um, yeah, again, thanks
1: again, Adam Hardy from the Rogue Scholars. Great to have him on board. It's always good every few weeks to get someone from club land on and get a perspective from people actually playing in these games and involved in this competition. So, um, thanks once again to Adam and uh, there's anyone out there listening in, enjoy the podcast who you know they, they like got any information they'd like to share or like brought up on the podcast? Get in touch with me, find me on Facebook through the cricket page, uh, Cricket
0: Newcastle News and Views. And um, yeah, we're here to promote, so users don't abuse us. Indeed. Dan and Adam, thank you so much for your time. On behalf of Dan Solders and our very special guest, Adam Hardy, we wish you all a very good week. Enjoy cricket this weekend. We'll catch up with you next week on the Soldo and Redders NDCA SD podcast. For now, though, it's bye.